stop marketing for now, start branding because marketing might get your clients in the door, but it's your brand that keeps them coming back. And when you begin to brand and assign meaning to who you are, you create the clarity necessary to step into, become what you want to be known for. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help you get unstuck so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner Khan. Today on episode 609 of Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with brand clarity expert Suzanne Tuline. Suzanne is the author of Personal Brand Clarity Identify, Define, and Align to What You Want to Be Known For. If you've ever invested a huge amount of time and money in marketing and not attracted clients that you were proud to work with, you want to hear my conversation with Suzanne. Stay with us to hear all the details. You know, taking control of your personal brand is essential, and there are many other areas of business that are critical for you to build a successful consulting business. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support your business give you access to experts, answer your burning questions, and give you the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com community. That's smashingtheplateau.com community. Now let's welcome Suzanne Tuline. With over two and a half decades of strategic communication, employee brand engagement, and internal brand development, Suzanne's inside-out brand-building strategy creates the clarity and actions necessary for her clients to drive consistency, distinction, and advocacy long-term. Suzanne, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, David. I appreciate being here. Suzanne, how did you become a branding expert? (laughs) You want the short version or the long version? (laughs) Well, we have a whole episode. I'll leave it up to you. That's all right. I'll do the short version. So I had been in marketing, graphic design, public relations, communications for years before I actually entered into the focus of brand development. And what really made me um, change gears or pivot from being focused on what companies express to the external markets or to their communities is... When I owned a design firm, I specialized in logo design and corporate identity, look and feel, right? And I realized that all I was actually doing with my clients was putting lipstick on the pig, so to speak. I was making their brands look good, visual branding, right? And helping them elevate the visual, obviously the look and feel. But what I was not doing and what they thought the logo would do is change the way their business is growth is growing, right? When I realized that all, all the image or the icon did for the brand was just develop this kind of new perception of elevation or maybe contempt being more contemporary or more sophisticated, but the client wasn't quite there yet. They weren't realizing that they they looked this good now that they had to actually show up this way. 
So it was a little bit of a dilemma for me to continue to do design work and make them look better when I knew that their systems and processes, their leadership, their culture, all of those internal things weren't actually following through on delivering on the promise of that new look and feel. So that's what really uh, changed. Yeah, it's fascinating. So you, so you felt like the work you were doing was actually out of alignment with where your clients were. Yes, I did. I I felt that I wasn't serving them the way they thought a logo would actually result in, in terms of their business growth. By getting a new design, a new look and feel, changing their website, you know, changing their collateral pieces to up-level the look and feel of who they were. Because the logo in and of itself, the, the graphic icon in and of itself is not the brand of the organization. The graphic icon is only the representation of the brand. So they have not had had not identified and defined what this logo was actually representing. And that's when I had this BFO, this blinding flash of the obvious moment that I really needed to help them do that. And that's when I really just I pivoted my business from really focusing on the external communications of, of what that client wanted to express externally to getting them to turn around and look inward and really understand who they were as an organization and then infuse that information into their people, their processes, their culture, their leadership, their vernacular. So you made a pretty significant pivot in your business. I did. And what what happened when you made that pivot? Oh, <sighs> uh, a lot of deep dive work in my own brand and really understand understanding who I was and what I wanted to bring to the table. So I actually created this process called Brand DNA and went through it myself to know that it was super clarifying, that it's what I needed in order for me to stand in a value position that I could promise and then to actually deliver on. So it was very empowering for me. But at the same time, I had to say no to a lot of clients or prospects that wanted design work. And I had to, to educate them to say that, well, what is this new logo supposed to do for you? And when they really couldn't answer that question very clearly, I ended up opening up that conversation about brand development. And that's how I began to enroll my clients into the process. Yeah. How risky did it feel for you to say no to the the representation, the brand representation work of the, the logo design, et cetera, before you had paying clients for the branding work? It was it was very risky for me. <laughs> I know a lot of people go through this. I know it was. But, you know, I think that me going through it myself really helped me uh, buy into the process and know what you get out of it. At the on the back end of it, and that they would eventually appreciate that process. But it was very hard to say no. But what I ended up also doing is incorporating key questions in my intake process so that I could actually begin to uncover some of the things like the core values, the brand style attributes, what makes them different, those types of things to incorporate into some visual design if I needed to. But I really was pushing back at them so that they would feel the need and the gap that they had in really understanding who they even were. And when they do realize that, they are really bought in. 
than to have that ownership. So once you decided that you were going to make the pivot and you went through this exercise yourself, you created the framework, how long did it take before you felt like you had reached some level of sustainability with what I'm assuming became a new business? It did become a new business. I went from a company called ID by Design, which was a boutique, a design boutique, to Brand Ascension, which was an internal uh, consulting organization. And it took me probably, um, you know, I was when I started that company, I actually had a business partner. And it took us probably the writing of our book. So we started in 2004 and our book got published in 2010. So it took us a good six solid years to get this process mapped out, clarified, detailed, and and had a few a few case studies, so to speak, to you know of businesses that we ran through it to really feel like we've got something here. This is super powerful. Wow, that's a long time. That takes a lot of focus, discipline, and perseverance. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, of course, we had we had work. You know, we we were able to fulfill what we needed to from the business, but it wasn't where, of course, we thought we could go with it and that uh, that other people could really then understand the benefits of until about the launch of our book. And that's when companies started reading the book. They started sending it out to their employees. They read it and then they would call us and have us come in and actually facilitate the process. Yeah. So congratulations on, uh, on, on, on being able to stick with it figure all this out, write a book about it, and then grow your business based around this um, this new concept. What is radically different about your approach to branding? So I think most marketers say they do branding. And I think what it does, my approach really separates me from what you would call a marketing agency and a design agency to more of an internal organizational development consultant. That's number one, right? The separation there. I also am different because I take the time to infuse this information that they come up with through their brand DNA process into the hearts and minds of their people. So we take the time to unpack it and infuse it into those systems and processes, their leadership, new vernacular, new narratives around what they are promising to deliver and making sure that that their DNA is being enabled by their behaviors and actions so that they can deliver on that promise in the way they say they can through the DNA, through what's what's been shaped by that DNA that flushes out of that process. So I'm inside the company helping them do this. And a lot of times, you know, marketing agencies will will put the the new tagline up or the new vision or mission statement up and and then leave it to the company to really work through that process. They're busy out there marketing the information to the company's markets and communities. But whether or not the company shows up that way and has developed those systems and processes to ensure that everyone's bought in and this is what they stand for is the differentiation that I bring to the table. Yeah, I know this process is really hard. It's very challenging. And in particular for consultants that may be in their own business where they are the primary offering to their clients, especially following a long career where they've been employed 
Hmm. And they haven't had to market themselves. They're really good at what they do. They have a lot of expertise in their discipline. They produce great results for their clients, but they've never had to market themselves before. They have not really built a brand. They haven't defined what their brand represents, et cetera. It can be really daunting. Um, do you have any advice for, for how to get started on this process for people like that? Well, I have a lot of advice <laughs> and it's, it's in the DNA book and that's, that was designed for the companies with the employees. But when you're talking about the solo professional who might have left corporate America and starting its own consulting firm, then my personal brand clarity book, which I just wrote over COVID, it was one of those, you know, those quarantine projects that I decided to go ahead and get out of my head and onto, onto paper. And it is that process. It's just the flushing out of what those core values are what your brand style attribute is, which is a collection of attributes that make up your personality, really taking a deep dive into understanding your true authentic differentiators, what makes you you, and that includes your credentials, your past historical experiences, your awards that you may have gotten over the years, what makes you human, those types of things that are, it's a great exercise to take that deep dive and look into the past and see where you come from and what makes you you. And then there's a, a part of the process, it's called the standards of living. And that's a six bucket sort of uh, dimensional focus on financials, your career, your mind, body, spirit, so to speak, processes that you put into place, your family relationships, et cetera, because your personal brand, I think it might behoove your audiences to really de define personal brand because that's something that so many people talk about, but very few actually define what that is. If I could do that, would you be interested in? Yeah. How do you define definition? it? Yes. How do I define? I define it as your personal brand is really just a perception. It's based on emotion and defined by your actions and behaviors. So when you think about your brand being perception or being perceived and people make up what it is that they think you are, then you already have a brand. The good news is, is everybody already has a personal brand. The bad news is, is everybody already has a personal brand, <laughs> right? And how do you even know what it is? Yeah. The question is, is are you in control of it? And so the problem, the problem I solve is helping people get in control of their own personal brand and design the perceptions they want others to have of them that are truly authentic. This isn't about being somebody else or something else than you currently are. It's about uncovering and then assigning meaning to how you want to show up uh, in your everyday life. And when you do that, you become much more conscious, strategic, and deliberate in being you. And then you're less focused on the external environments that seem to shape so many of us. And it causes us to be so reactive in our everyday experience. We're not being us when we're highly reactive, right? It forces us to go internal and really get into the driver's seat to become who we want to be known for at that conscious level. Does that make sense? Yeah. What's an example of, especially for a consultant, what's an example of someone who has taken control of her or his brand, or, or maybe you've done it for yourself and you could talk about how you've done it. Yeah, so I'm constantly aware of the attributes I've chosen through the DNA process, like certain core values, certain style attributes. And I'm always questioning or discerning 
if what I'm being approached with externally is in alignment with who I say I am. And when it's not, I let it go. When it is, I'm all over it, right? So as an example? Oh, I can I can be approached by a particular company, and I've had this happen a couple of times, where I realized that the core value construct of the organization is not in alignment with what I stand for, right? Or it's a product or service that I don't necessarily uh, am passionate about or will, will take on and back up and, you know, I, I want to support, so to speak. And I will refuse working with that organization because it's, I'll refer them to somebody else, but I, it's something that I know that I wouldn't really get behind and really support. So it's just one of those things that, you know, when you meet someone, you have chemistry, you know, you've got some passion behind what they're doing and you want to support them in that way. But sometimes you just, there's a personality conflict or there's idealistic conflicts uh, in their ideologies that you just, you can't take on because you can't authentically serve them in a way that you feel like you can. Yeah, I've, I've seen consultants struggle when they, when they have a prospect where the values of the organization may not be in alignment with their own. You know, for example... You know, take somebody who's politically very progressive and comes across an organization that is that is publicly quite conservative politically. And like not every organization talks about their their politics, but some do. Mm-hmm. You know that that might be a conflict or um, an organization that has a product that um, you know the consultant may may feel is um, harmful to the environment. Right, and the consultant is is someone who's very actively engaged in protecting the environment. It's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, so that, that that's what you know when it comes to the the values piece. And then I've seen, I've definitely seen lots of cases where consultants run into personality conflicts with their their liaison with a client. You know, if they're dealing with the CEO, if the the, the CEO, uh, for example, has a very kind of alpha male personality and the consultant is, um, is someone who is uh, soft-spoken, collaborative, that doesn't, doesn't always work well with an alpha male. You know, there are lots of cases like that. The challenge is when the consultant is strapped for cash and really needs the business, I've seen this play out where the consultant looks at the opportunity and really wants to take it because they need to pay the bills. Yet on the other hand, I think they may not be explicit with themselves about the fact that there may be some uh, misalignment, but they, they're feeling it. So let's talk about this, David. This is a great um, concept that you're bringing up here. I, ha- I deal with this all the time with my prospects and clients. What happens in this process with you becoming more clear on who you are as a brand you begin to shift your own vibration and change the way you think and feel about how you can deliver your expertise because of the clarity. The clarity is very empowering. It's very motivational and it breeds confidence. So when you say that, you know, you have a client that is in lack and they've got this now sudden opportunity of course, that opportunity is not a match for them because they're actually creating that, that vibration that it's not good. So when they get clear, then 
you know, if you want to, if you want to go there, the, the law of attraction, I'll just say it, mm-hmm. begins to happen because you're taking on a clarity that is empowering it and creates the confidence. You begin to manifest those things that are in alignment with who you are. So you can tell by your external experience whether you're currently in alignment with what's happening in your world <laughs> or not, right? Are you on brand or off brand? And that's a, a powerful, powerful thing that not a lot of people talk about, but it is there at the quantum physics level that um, when you shift your perspective and, and get clear, you get motivated and clarity is the basis for action. And it absolutely is empowering when you're more clear on who you are. Right. And the other thing that I've seen, the flip side of that, Suzanne, is when consultants do turn down those opportunities, I've seen most of the time they end up attracting better opportunities that help their business grow and flourish in a way that they wouldn't have if they had accepted an opportunity where there was misalignment. Yes. It's because they had the courage to decline working with that client. It's almost like an empowerment, right? To know that you can, you can say no and you, cause you know, it's not a good fit. And then you open the doors up and that space up for the right clients. Plus when they're clear, they market themselves cl- more clearly, right? For and sure. it's more believable. It's more authentic. And then you start attracting again, the, the people that are right fit for you. Yeah. In, in the short term, you might, you might need to have enough cash to tide you over until better clients come along because it's not necessarily instantaneous, but I do see that it, that it does happen. It does happen. Yeah. Yes, I'm a testament to that. <laughs> uh, Suzanne, before we close out, is there anything else um, that you'd like to mention that I haven't asked you about uh, brand clarity or personal brand or, or anything else that you think would be really helpful, especially for solo consultants? Yeah, you know, I have a passion for solo consultants because I've been one for about 18 years now. And I would say that stop marketing for now, start branding because marketing might get your clients in the door, but it's your brand that keeps them coming back. And when you begin to brand and assign meaning to who you are, you create the clarity necessary to step into, become what you want to be known for. That's really great. Yeah. So, Suzanne, this has been a really uh, illuminating discussion about um, how important branding is to any any business, any size. And I really want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and, and share a snippet of your vast knowledge on the subject. My guest today has been brand clarity expert, Suzanne Tulian. Thank you again, Suzanne, for joining us. Thank you so much, David. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Taking control of your personal brand is essential, and there are many other areas of business that are critical for you to build a successful consulting business. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support your business, give you access to experts, answer your burning questions, and provide the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, so you can do what you love and get paid what you're worth. 
You can learn more at smashingtheplateau.com slash community. That's smashingtheplateau.com slash community. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode. 